On this episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcades, June Don Baker Month, we'll be discussing Golden Needles from 1974. Welcome to Cult Cinema Cavalcade, a bi-weekly movie podcast that features hosts Brandon and Cullen discussing a film from cinema's past, considered but not limited to being a cult classic. As a disclaimer, each episode will include plot spoilers and may contain harsh language. Episodes available on cultcinemacavalcade.com and iTunes. Like the show on Facebook and follow on Twitter at CC Cavalcade. For questions, suggestions, and all inquiries, contact us via mail at cultcinemacavalcade.com. Wear your galoshes. Stay out of trouble. I guess I'm just a Hong Kong Cinema Cavalcade. This is episode 49. This is June Don Baker Month. This is Brandon. And as always with me is your acupunctured co-hoster, Cullen. Let's get schlitzed. Today we are here to discuss the 1974 film Golden Needles. Cullen, take a poke at this plot. An American in Hong Kong hires another to steal an ancient statue able to grant virility. Golden Needles is directed by Robert Klaus and stars Joe Don Baker, Elizabeth Ashley, Ann Southern, Jim Kelly, Frances Fong, and Burgess Meredith, with music by Lalo Schifrin. Oh, welcome back, everyone, to Cult Cinema Cavalcade, if this is your first time listening. Cool, hello. And this is June Don Baker Month, a month dedicated to our favorite schlitz-drinking sweaty beast of a man named Joe Don Baker. Except no substitutes. Yes. Of course, who would, who would substitute Joe Don Baker? I'd hate to see the bargain basement version of Joe Don Baker. Is it just a just a guy with bed sores that has to be like pushed over, you like, know, out of bed to move? You know, I was thinking about this. You know who the poor poor man's Joe Don Baker is? Who's that? Hoyt Axton. Oh God! Think about it. <laughs> well, at least Hoyt could make music. So he have he has that up on Shodan Baker. The only music that he makes is after he eats a tin of beans. That's the only music Jodan makes. We are, are dedicating this month with doing two films by Jodan Baker for this in our next episode, which is our 50th. Uh, we'll save all that fun for next time. Speaking of people we've dedicated a month of our show to movies, Neil Breen. A name that comes up quite frequently on the show, as Cullen and I are big fans. He's making a new movie, Cullen. That's what I hear. What's it What's it called, Brandon? It's called Twisted, and he's got a GoFundMe mm-hmm. page for it, where you can donate money to help Neil Breen fund his film. And us at Cult Cinema Cavalcade, we want to donate something to him as well, ourselves. Yes. And not like in a, in a whorish way. No, 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 no. No, we're not. No, no. no. We would love, as dedicated Neil Breen fans, to be in Twisted. Not like, we don't need like big roles. Cameo. Cameo. Yeah. I'm sure there will be some guys wearing sunglasses in the background shooting a gun. 
I'm sure that's going to happen at some point in his movie. We can do that for him. Or some political guy that gets a random close-up with one line spouting something he read off Wikipedia. Exactly. We can be the laptop handlers. We can find more cell phones. We can be a cell phone hookup in the, in the movie. But we need your help to get Neil Breen's attention to put two of his biggest fans in Twisted. So what we're asking you, find him on social media. He is at Neil Breen, N-E-I-L-B-R-E-E-N, on Twitter. And he's also on Facebook. Tag him. Tell him, put at CC Cavalcade in new Neil Breen film, hashtag Twisted Cavalcade. Tweet this once, twice a day. Let's get his attention. Let's let him know that you want us in this movie. We want a cameo in it. We're serious, and we will, we will, we will be good listeners. We will be good employees. We will do what he tells us. We just want the Neil Breen experience. And if we can make it happen, great. Can't help but try. So find him. Tell your friends that don't even know us. Get people involved. Tell them to put Cult Cinema Cavalcade at CC Cavalcade in new Neil Breen at Neil Breen film. Hashtag Twisted Cavalcade. Let's do this, right? It's a push. We've never asked you for much before, right? I don't think we have. Oh. No. This, <laughs> this is fun. This week, you can have us in the movie, and we'll see who has the better physique, us or Neil Breen. Yeah. I will, I'd go topless for his film. balls for the movie, whatever. Whatever we have to do, we'll do it. Let's get twisted, right? Come on. Speaking of twisted, back to our other stud of a man, uh... Joe Don Baker, and we have Golden Needles, which is a movie I couldn't find much about, Cullen. I couldn't either. When we do these, we try to look up a little something. I mean, we don't have a, a, a deep research staff, but we do try to look up stuff. The, I, th- I think I found one thing was that George Lazenby was considered for the role of J- that Joe Don Baker plays. Yep, because Lazenby was like doing like some kung fu stuff around this time. I thought that it made uh, $18 at the Hong Kong box office. And, it, I mean, it's directed by the guy who did Enter the Dragon, uh, big, Bruce Lee's biggest film. And that's all I know. It's, it's about it. It's available. It's on Amazon Prime for rental and digital purchase, and it's on DVD. And the Amazon Prime is obviously an old pull as it was 4 by 3 letterboxed. It's uh, forgotten, but it's got old Joe in his prime, if there ever was such a thing. <laughs> no, I think this this was him in his, in his prime. It looked like his body odor hadn't reached to, uh, the point where your eyes water. It's just to the, to the point where you like, something smells in this room, and I think it's the tubby guy. Regardless of whatever I will rate this movie in the end, there are some pinnacle Jodan moments in this movie. Yes. This movie is about, we're told at the beginning, it's about a legendary statue that has like seven gold needles inserted into it. And an adult man will become like a sexual Superman when the needles are placed in the same position in his body. And like there's, there's seven acupuncture points and they either cause pleasure or death these gold needles are the needles of ecstasy after we're told this we see an old bearded asian fella with glasses gets in a car and drives through the night which says joe don baker in golden needles (laughs) 
the other bit of information I found in the movie is it was originally going to be called Golden Needles of Ecstasy. And that's it. That's all the information we have on this movie. There's nothing else to be gained from it. Until Jodon Baker, The Memoirs, Cheeseburgers and Schlitzies comes out. (laughs) Well, I'm sure there's going to be a chapter talking about how he had KFC shipped out to Hong Kong while filming this. Drinking hams with my ham. (laughs) So we're in Hong Kong, and this guy arrives at a destination, and he enters what is like a massage parlor. It has this. Is that what it is? Yeah. It was like a. I couldn't tell if it was like someone's house or like a Chinese restaurant or what the hell it was. Well, it was like a. The the bed was like a massage table. So I I just figured it was one of those fancy, happy ending massage parlors. Mm. It was definitely like. it, It looked like a business somewhat, but it has the statue with the acupuncture in it, and the guy examines it, and then. Another old man is he's like wheeled in like on a wheelchair. These helper people put him on his on this massage table and the guy who we followed from the beginning pulls we call the, him the, the uh, Dragon Ball old guy. He pulls uh, the needles from the statue and starts putting them into the wheelchair guy. After they're all in, he starts pulling them out backwards order from when he put them in. And the man in the wheelchair starts beginning grinning and beginning to regain movements and stuff. His hands are like claws, more yeah. or less. And then when his hands start to unclaw, there's like four women around him, and they get real happy. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I think it's, it's safe to assume that they're going to get finger blasted, right? I mean, that's just, that's just the context of the scene. The wheelchair man gets up and begins to walk out with his ladies... But then one of the women spots a guy in a hazmat suit? Yeah, she turns around just, I don't know, to close a door, and there's someone just in the room. Like an asbestos-lined hazmat suit with a fucking flamethrower. Yes, they start burning the hell out of the people and this place like there's, with flamethrowers. There's like three guys with flamethrowers. Like, where the fuck did you... How did no one... <laughs> Miss? How did, how did anyone miss them coming in? Yeah, and they just like torch the place up. One of the guys in the hazmat suits grabs the statue and leaves, but like in the process, like he gets blasted with fire, <laughs> which I'm I'm no, sure I I'm sure it was an accident, but it like doesn't phase him at all. He's just like, yep, watch it, know. watch it there, Bill. And it's not just like the flames breeze on him. It full blast hits the guy, and his suit goes up for a moment as he's running out of the building with the statue. Yeah, like it point blank, like. <sighs> if someone was lit was lit on fire for golden needles, the Jodon Baker vehicle, <laughs> golden needles that you can't find anything about online. <laughs> the movie that was not good enough for George Lazenby, Golden Needles. So that happens, and then nothing like this ever occurs again in the film. <laughs> yeah like, it's this crazy amount of what the fuck is this and that, that's really the only moment where you're scratching your head like like whipping your head and what what, what happened what's going on I, I figured there'd be some return to the hazmats or something but that's not the movie we were given we briefly see them later on but uh, it's a letdown at the docks uh a woman named felicity wa- is walking through the marketplace and stuff and she walks to a building where they have the golden needle statue, and she's checking it, it out. 
And I want to point out that the hat that Felicity wears is like a like if a cowboy was a pimp, that's the hat that she's wearing. That's perfect. That's exactly. It's, all, it's white. It's fuzzy. There's a big feather coming to the sun, but it's got the, the cowboy brim on it. She meets a, a mob boss. He's a mob, right? Like I just called this group I, a mob. Yeah, it's never really established, but shit. There's there's a few things that are not established in this movie, yeah. and you just have to fill in gaps yourself. So we'll say they're part of a mob in Hong Kong. His name's Tao, which I didn't find out till like three quarters through the movie. Oh yeah. And he's painting a guy in the room, just painting him. You know, like like you do. And she's buying this thing for a hundred k, but the sellers have reconsidered and say it's uh, two hundred and fifty thousand. Two hundred, two hundred, you're insane. Would you tell him he's insane? They believe it has power, and, and then Tao begins painting her neck with green paint. And, which uh, <laughs> spooks her out, which, was he trying to paint it like a dotted line, like, this is where I'm going to cut your neck? Yeah, I don't or was know. It, he wasn't was speaking it, any, he speaks English later, but early in the movie, yeah. he's like, He's just speaking. I, I couldn't tell if he was painting a dotted line to cut her head or if it was like, oh, now you've got a pretty green necklace. It was, I could not tell how he's supposed to be intimidating her because she freaks out. Well, I love, when she, she gets real scared. Yeah. Well, when, when they pull her like top almost open a bit and it's like, whoa, what are they? Oh, he's just painting her. But when she leaves, she like starts like covering it up and I'm like, you're yeah, going to get your clothes all like, paint all over <laughs> your clothes. And she's running out like, I don't want anyone to see my shame. Like, what are you, what? Why do you have to be upset about here? But she also like threatens him, like saying there are more powerful men in Hong Kong and I know a couple of them. At that point, I expected to see Joe Don Baker sitting on a toilet. That's what I was hoping for, but we didn't get that, unfortunately. No. She arrives in a warehouse and goes in the office in there and gives the bad news to a guy named Quan, who she's working with. Quan then tells her what they did of raising the price confirms this authenticity. And then she tells her that her employer isn't going to understand any of this. And she's in too deep already and needs the statue. So Quan says his partner can help her get it and cut to some low rent casino with Joe Don Baker as Dan. Playing some games. <laughs> I'm not surprised that the first uh, that we were introduced to Joe Don in this is when he's drinking and gambling. Some guy tries to take, I think it's money from him, tries to sneak, but I think he, jo- yeah, jo- he picks his pocket. Joe Don thinks it's like a chicken leg, probably. He's all <laughs> mad. And, I'll turn it up for later. <laughs> and he stops the whole place to make the guy put it back. So he leaves the table, but asks this old woman at the table if she feels like messing around later. And then he goes. <laughs> And then he goes to talk to Fenzi, the casino boss, I'm guessing. Yeah, uh, wait, uh, she looks like Doreen Roberts from Everybody Loves Raymond yeah. as a hooker. Yes. And he wants to buy her a drink. Hey, how much I owe you? I forget. Can I buy you a drink? All right, I'll have a drink. What do you have? Champagne. <sighs> well, I, just, I just lost my champagne money. I'll have a beer. You got it. I'm sure no matter what she said she wanted, he would have come back with a beer. He would have come back with three beers. I have natural ice, natural light, and hams. I like to put them all together. Your choice. Saves my time. 
We catch up with Felicity, who's walking around the market with Quan, who says she should get her fortune told while he talks to Dan. And it's best that he talk to him alone. Then why did she even come? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) She didn't need to be here at all. (laughs) She's in in plenty of the movie. We won't forget about her. (laughs) Dan's reluctant about this job as he's feeling he's not getting the whole story, but... He'll do it. And then Felicity enters the casino. Jodan looks at her like a bucket of Colonel's Extra Crispy. Definitely licks his lips. He's like, I, she... I love that Jodan says he retired from all that crap when they're ta- when he's trying to be convinced to take on this job. Like, okay, you retired from all that crap. What did you retire from? We don't know right. at all. And, and we never know. We never learn. Is he an ex-cop, ex-CIA, ex, you know. Self-employed ex- thief? Like, what? Yeah, Exactly. There's no way to know what the hell he used to do. We just have to take it on his word that he used to be good at this stuff. <laughs> because uh, according to Quan, there's only one man that can get in and out of this mafia's place alive, and that's Joe Don Baker. Felicity offers Dan 30000 and I think sex? Yeah, he wanted the, the pot sweetened, and he kind of leers at her. And she kind of like, oh, okay. But yeah. then he goes on and on about his his mom and being like he's trying loved. To, yeah, like he's trying to up the price or something. And it's like the weirdest upping the price type thing. But then he gets all like, they're going to leave. And he's like, when's the last time that you hugged somebody and said I love you? A long time ago. Do it. Here. Now? Right in the middle of it all. (sighs) That's not a hug, it's a nothing. I don't think Joe Don knew that they were filming at this point. He I think he was just half in the bag. He's like, I could I'd like to touch a woman right now. Come here and tell me you love me and hug me and maybe get a little squeeze. Come here. Well then she does it and they slaps her on the ass. Did not know they were filming. This is all just Joe Don. When they got back to filming, Dan leaves, and we see a man, like, eyeing him and following him. And they he gets outside, and then two more follow him. And he breaks into a shop, and then once he gets the statue out of the safe, he gets attacked, and Joe Don foos the guy and takes the statue. Well, I love that this is, this is the guy, only one man that can get in and out alive. The way he breaks into the place, he just punches a window. Right, he just like walks around the corner, go, oh, I'll go grab it. You know, <laughs> it's like, hey, could you get that off the counter for me? Oh, okay. This is a it's, big heist. It's the least covert thing. <laughs> like, ever. It's ridiculous. Now, to, to get the actual statue, he has to open a safe. And he, and he has the ears of a dog, the most remarkable ears. To be able to open a safe because it's a combination safe. He doesn't put his ear up to it. Doesn't have a stethoscope up up to it. Doesn't feel for the clicks or just anything you think maybe someone that could open a safe would do. He just <laughs> listens real hard, no. and that was enough to open the safe. Let's see, one, two, three. All right. <laughs> In another part, like of this place, instead of fighting Jodan Baker. This guy's like, I'm going to throw snakes on the floor. And then yeah. he locks the door. 
And then, and then a, a, apparently these these mafia guys own a snake warehouse. Yeah, there's like a ton. It's not like here's a one snake. There's like a bunch. There's like cobras and all different snakes. Because yeah, earlier when uh, Felicity meets with the, the mob guy, it's in the same place too, where there's just snakes. Like uh, uh, I don't mean like there's just like oh here's a a little terrarium with with snakes. There are boxes and boxes up to the ceiling with snakes. Joe Don's like, okay, and he just jumps on this bar, uh, like, and then uh, runs out and jumps out the window. Well, it's weird. Like, he's like, oh, I got the statue. I'm being chased. <laughs> Instead of running out a door, he goes deeper into the facility <laughs> until he finds right. a window. He eyes the snake like, I bet that tastes good dipped in ranch. Oh, you know, he, he was <laughs> thinking like, oh, man, it looks just like a... Like a, like, a, like a big old mozzarella stick. Because he does, like, stop for a second, look at the snake, and he's like, he doesn't look scared. He's just like, oh, okay. <laughs> he's thinking of his next meal. Oh, yeah, and he, 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 like you said, he jumps out the window. A, a closed window, by the way. Right. Not a scratch. Not, Not one scratch on him. So at the, at the office, Quan's happy with the statue. He says he'll mail it to Felicity's employer. And Dan will take her home, but he says he wants to talk to Dan by himself first. And they go in this, like, factory. He shows him a jar, this big thing, this clay pot thing. And he Mm -hmm. says he's going to make another one and put the statue in it and then fill it with oil and ship it back to the U.S., which I didn't get this here. Later on in the movie, he sent out three of them in different spots to produce confusion. Did he say that here? I don't recall that. I, I do remember him saying that he was going to send it in a jar with oil. I don't remember him saying that he was going to send decoys. Dan then walks Felicity home, and she offers him a scotch. And they're in this, like, room with this couch thing. And he's like, what do you call this? Oh, that's a uh, conversation circle. So talk to me. <laughs> he follows her to her room and she's 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 cool with it well no, i think Does this it... is part of delivering on that deal oh is that what it was yeah that's what i thought it was i i just assumed that it was the 70s and whenever a man wanted a woman it the woman didn't have a choice that's what i thought <laughs> this was God. well it's the 70s and it's a movie so if you want come on in well, predating by Ghost by over a decade, there's a pot being made, like, you know, clay and the hands. And then this is mixed with Felicity and Dan. Uh, More sensuism. Or Felicity being consumed by Dan. Because, man, <laughs> it is just nothing but him. And you see a little, a little bit of her. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. There was that one part where she's laying down. And you see her look off the screen, and I don't know how worried you were, but I was terrified. Yeah. I was going to see Jodan Baker's butt. Right. Or, well, then, or. Then, well, and then they were like, oh. And they just took off his jacket. I'm like, well, okay. That's it. <laughs> so you need. But after the pottery, they're undercovers, and they've been, you know, I guess they've been done for a bit. And room service arrives, and it's like. This huge thing full of seafood, and man, old JDB is excited. Well, that's why he needed so many pillows to cover up. There is an exorbitant amount of pillows that they are covering right. up with. And still not enough, because you can still see 
Joe Don's ba- Joe Don Baker's bass-like face. Yes. And he, they start eating the shit out of the seafood, and they look happier eating this, like, all this food than they were fucking. Like, <laughs> my God. Like, <laughs> this is the best moment of Joe Don. Like, this is what Joe Don Baker makes movies right here. Well, I'm sure they're like, like Joe, can you hang out for another hour or almost done with the day? So I tell you what, you roll that car- cart of food over here. I'll finish your movie. So that's absolutely what they did. Like, I mean, the they crew, eat Joe. for like ever and just are like, ha ah, ha. And he's like, uh-huh, yeah. oh, mm, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Look at that. You eating that? You eating lobster? I'm going to eat squid now. This is great. Like, it just, it's not forever, but my gosh, it's, it's just no, like, No, no, oh. but he, he absolutely pounds it down. There are, there are several scenes in this movie with Joe Dunn Baker eating. Yeah, they're just like laughing. Like, this is what I'm talking about. This is like, in the uh, the Joe Don Baker like career highlight reel, this this scene goes right in there. I'm sure he he just sees this scene and like, oh man, it's a good day, man. That squid tastes so weird, but I eat it. I put some barbecue sauce on it, it's real good. The mobsters come to the casino and take Fenzie to her office, and it's like this is up no good. And back in the hotel, Felicity calls Dan be- be- beautiful. That's nice. Beautiful. You're really beautiful. Yeah, yeah. This was the, I believe this was the point where I was worried. Ladies and gentlemen. I was going to see Joe Don's Baker. Yeah, like there must be a a different bar of beauty in in the 70s if she considers Joe Don beautiful. Like like, apparently a pile of mashed potatoes with a wig is what's considered sexy to this woman. (laughs) At least in this movie. At the casino, the the mobsters threaten to chop off Fenzie's finger if she doesn't let him know where Dan is. These guys go ape shit and then, like on the customers of the place, and it just well, people, it turned, people it, scamper out and it's like fight and like. Well, it turns what? into like an old like a western bar fight. Like 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 one punch gets thrown and all shit breaks loose and everyone's fighting everyone for reasons unknown. Yeah, this is the director of Enter the Dragon and. None of the actions, like, really, like... I know we got Joe Don Baker to work with, but there are other people in action scenes, and it's just, like... Yeah. This is just, like this, it's just this craziness. Is a, it's just, like, it's no This focus. would be a, a great opportunity to have some really good action, and it just makes me wonder how much Bruce Lee actually took control over Enter the Dragon. Oh, because for sure. it's you just don't see it here at all. Hey, I've seen Game of Death, and you're right. <laughs> huh. Uh because, yeah, this director, he finished Bruce Lee's last film, which he took footage and made a story and made Frank, a fake Bruce Lee to fill mm-hmm. in the blanks. It's an interesting movie. Dan returns to the warehouse, which also includes a fight on the rooftop as the statue is, like, the guys are trying to steal the statue back and yeah, this, this Juan is, this ends is up where, getting killed. This is where uh, Jodan Baker does his own stunts because he runs up two flights of stairs yeah Whew. and only sweat eight times bad guys escape joe don has Quan cremated the next day and then he goes out in a cemetery and he talks to somebody named lotus this woman and he's like i'm gonna take care of you continue Quan's business and make a lot of money and i'm like who's lotus <laughs> well when Quan was dying he told dan take care of her he doesn't say who her is. I assumed he meant Felicity. Yeah. Because that's the only female other than 
Doris Roberts Hong Kong hooker that we see in this movie up to this point. And Dan uh, then goes and visits Fenzie, and he knows that she was hurt by the mob, and she tells him, never come back here. Go make sense of your life. And he goes, oh, I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> and, it's yeah it's perfect i'll be back i'm back he, he goes off and thinks about crab legs uh, dan takes to the streets and he wit- witnesses a woman like beating up all these thugs that were probably following him and she won't tell him who she is but tells him that she's gonna lost going to los angeles with him and at the airport <laughs> would, you, would you trust someone that did that brandon right, yeah just beats the shit out of a bunch of people. Let's get on that plane. What's your name? I'm not telling you. What? Yeah. We're leaving the country. I need to know who you are. Well, at the airport, she tells him about uh, acupuncture and tells him uh, the statue is the key to proper use of the needles for acupuncture and says it belongs to her government. So he's like, oh, oh you're a cop. You're for the government. I'd like to point out, that she didn't divul- uh, divulge this information to Jodon until they arrived in Los Angeles. Yeah. <laughs> they flew on the other side of the world, and that's when it was like, okay, well, now I'll tell you what we're doing here. Well, she leaves, and then he runs into Jim Kelly, who plays Jeff. He He's, like, giving him shit about her for leaving, and he's like, I'm just saving her for lunch. <laughs> Which, <laughs> Jeff? Like, okay, they're buddies? Does he, is he, like, work, like... <laughs> Yeah, again, what's his history? Jeff is like, no different than, like, street peddler on the corner at this point. Like, yeah, he's just a guy that was standing outside the airport. It's, it's <laughs> almost like it's like one line of, hey, you want to go on an adventure? Shy of that just being random, you know? Like, <laughs> like hey, you're tall. Want to hang out? That, you know, that's almost what it feels like is... Did he retire from all that crap as well? It's like they started filming this, and they're like, hey, um, the producer's like, you're going to put Jim Kelly in this movie. Find something. <laughs> well, I guess he can hang out with him when he's in L.A. Like, That's fine. Good enough. We got an extra 500K on the budget if you stick him in there. Jim- also, also, too, like, what he says, Jim Kelly talks to Cho Don and says that he's getting a belly in, in Hong Kong. And Jodan goes, what belly? Like, Jodan. <laughs> Even you must see it. Dan and Jeff go to his place. And Felicity's there in the bathtub having a bubble bath. And he asks for his money. And she says she was bored, so she got in the bath. Because when I'm bored, Cullen, get in the bath. Bubbles. Well, there's, there's, there's two things I know. When I'm bored, I take a bath. And when I need to think, I get in a jacuzzi. <laughs> she apologizes for disappearing back in Hong Kong and Jeff starts talking shit about Dan but she boasts about Dan she likes she likes the Jodon well he's beautiful according to her yeah. which, which makes me wonder if her vision is all there I don't know well she likes chicken grease one of the two <laughs> well she used to work at a KFC there you go so it takes her back to her youth she asks for a towel, and he pulls the plug on on the tub instead, and saying he'll just sit there till he gets his money. Well, he said that like I'm I'm gonna sit here and look at you until I get my money. Yeah. And he kind of leans in like, ugh, gross. Yeah. But like, because he doesn't say until I get my money until the very end. So when he says I'm just gonna sit here and look at you, like, ugh, God. Yeah. 
Like, I know you two did it, but... Ooh. Gross. They go to some mansion, and when they enter the house, Felicity disappears, and Burgess Meredith, who plays Winters, comes out cackling. <laughs> you know, I sat there in absolute stillness. You never even saw me. You didn't. You looked at me twice, and you never saw me. Oh, I'm delighted at work. I, I never did it before. <laughs> Seems endlessly tickled by his camouflage skills in his own mansion. Then he has bodyguards and stuff. His own goons begin surrounding everybody. And he gives a big speech about being so excited when he opened his package sent to America and the statue wasn't in there, just a bunch of oil. And he reveals then that he paid Felicity 300000 for this whole ordeal. And Jonah's like, huh? Huh? <laughs> huh? He then charges them with 24 hours to bring him the real Golden Needle statue. And after after they leave, he goes in another room where Tao, the, the mob boss over in Hong Kong, is at the table, who wonders why he's keeping Felicity around when he knows that she lied about the Golden Needle statue, which she didn't. No, uh, no. not at all. But they don't know that. The, the bad guys in this movie make a lot of assumptions. Yes, they do. <laughs> okay, okay, so... Uh, can you clear this up for me? How did Tao, is that right? The the, the mafia bad guy's yeah. name? How did he and Burgess Meredith meet? How, how do they know each other? Well, they, there is, okay, so. You can't explain I, it. I, here's what I thought when Quan was being killed, I thought that. Tao's men stole back the statue before it could be sent when I first watched this. Okay. And, and so I thought that, you know, he opened it and it was like empty. I'm like, well, it's because they have it. And then that when Tao showed up, I was like, oh, he's playing them or something. I don't, I don't know what the deal was. I, I was confused about the whole three pots we, thing, but. Well, yeah. Well, and so, like, Felicity had contact with the, with Tao and his men. She was running from them. So I don't understand how, like, did Tao, like, just follow Felicity and then, like, went inside the mansion before they did and said, hey, Burgess Meredith, it's me, Tao. I went to the statue, too. I'm going to help. She's a liar. What? I don't get it. You have... There's supposed to be this big review of like, oh, the the moth, the Hong Kong Mafia and Burgess Meredith that were working together all this time, or maybe just recently. The timeline's not real clear on that. They couldn't just do the deal directly if they know each other? Or maybe maybe when they went to kill Quan, they like went through his records and found out who the boss was that was Burgess Meredith? I don't know. They're together. That that's that's what they tell us. <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to be this big reveal. I was like, okay, so if they know each other, why didn't Burgess Meredith just buy it directly? These... Yeah, exactly. In a car, Jeff and Dan give Felicity shit about the money that she was making off the deal, and after that. He tells Felicity to beat it so he can talk to Jeff alone. And it, it felt like a prequel to Mitchell because it's Jodan Baker sitting in a car yelling at someone to get out of his right. face. Yeah, Just get out of here! Beat it! 
so they then decide to leave Felicity and they drive off and she's immediately attacked by the talisman, the the mobsters. Like they just full on ditch her. But the woman, the government kung fu woman shows up and the guys immediately stop messing with her and she says her name is Su Lin. So apparently she can reveal her name immediately to Felicity, but not Dan. Mm-hmm. And she's looking for Dan, so Felicity says, okay, let's go. We'll go find Dan. Dan and Jeff go to find Bobby, but he's dead. And Bobby is the guy that owns antiques, yeah. and that's one of the where one of the pots right. was sent. And I think, I think Jim Kelly in this movie is really into antiques. That seems to be his game, and he has friends in the antique business, which... You know, when, when I look at Jim Kelly, I there's, there's, there's two things I, I think of. Football and antiques. Dan says Lynn Towell, the mob guy who killed Quan, must have done this. And then Sue and Felicity catch up with Dan and Jeff, and the band is now at four members, and they go to a health spa. Well, not only do they catch up to them, they're right outside that house. Right. right. Outside that antique store, like, Whoa! They're really good at following them because they were way ahead of Felicity and Lynn. Yeah. So we get a little kind of montage of them talking to people with no sound. And they find the pot and immediately are surrounded by goons and a fight busts out. But it's stopped when Winter shows up. And the pot opens and they find the statue. And Winter's like hums at it. <laughs> he's, he's, he's real into it. Yeah. But. But, but here's the thing. They find the pot and they are immediately. Yeah, it's immediate. Attacked. Seems kind of silly to give them 24 hours to find it. Just go uh, grab the pot your goddamn self. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, so they are just immediately attacked and they're fighting all over this gym. And uh, it's not even like the fights. Like, okay, they're fighting over here and then they run into this room and they fight. It's just. Scenes of them fighting in different rooms. Yeah, all the big action moments are just like stupid pandemonium, like too many people in one shot doing yeah. whatever. Just like, I don't what is it's like five seconds of Jim Kelly fighting these mafia guys around a bunch of old naked guys. And when I say old naked guys, I mean you see old man ass. Yeah. Several old man asses. With big Jim Kelly punching people around them. And these guys, completely naked, are just standing around looking confused. I don't know. If I saw two people beating the shit out of each other, I'd get out of there. Especially if I was naked. Like, how am I going to defend myself? I got everything hanging out here. I'm nothing but vulnerable spots. It's not molasses. And I'm old. It's not molasses. It's manasses. <laughs> Well, they had a whole jar of manasses right, in this movie. Yeah, and sticky at that. We go to this room, like a ritualish room, but Claude, a friend of Winter's for what he says, 30 years, but this guy doesn't look like he, he looks like he'd be like 28. Uh, he befriended him in childhood, apparently. He volunteers to verify the statue. They begin the acupuncture, and it ends up killing the guy, Claude. And I have to point out, Burgess Meredith, his pronunciation of acupuncture is the greatest acupuncturist in the United States. Mistake. Should have been the greatest acupuncturist in China. 
he's like, hey. he yells out. He's like, hey, they, you did the acupuncture wrong. Oh, get it's like he was warming up for his role as Mickey. And, he just yells lines. And then Sue Lin goes to the statue and says it's not authentic. I'm like, maybe this should have been done before? <laughs> couldn't, couldn't they just try to authenticate this thing before ending a man's life? Claude went under the assumption you guys verified it before. <laughs> That's what Claude gets for trusting Burgess uh, Meredith. Winters is distraught and tells them all to go home, but tells one of his goons that that bastard knows where it is. Keep track of him. So now we're back in Hong Kong. Just like, like that. Yeah. There's no traveling to the airport. There's no saying goodbye to, to, to Jim Kelly. Yeah, there's no Jim That's Kelly it. in Hong Kong. He's done. That's it. And we don't go back to L.A. That's yeah. it. Because I was second... like, I was like, when when stuff happened in this like final act, I was like, oh, Jim Kelly's gonna jump out and be like, ah, it's like, uh, no, no, that's it. <laughs> this major person, or this uh, this major, he becomes just random now. Yeah, it could have just been anyone. I would I would say he doesn't even need to be in the movie. No. Dan, he's back in Hong Kong. He goes immediately to Fenzie, because remember, huh, I'll be back. That's right. On his way, he eats some more food. Don't right? worry. Don't worry. He just, he just like reaches over like uh, someone's selling food. I don't think he pays for it. He just starts eating stuff off the street. He asks Fenzie where he can find Lotus. Dan finds her and asks if Quan gave her anything to hide. She admits that she has had the statue the whole time and should have destroyed it. Says the men who own it are the true evil. She gives him the statue and he leaves, but the goons are there. And he begins a chase where he gets off on a paddle boat, which, oh man, that really, that slow ass paddle boat (laughs) by a little boy, paddled by a little boy just throws off the freaking goons. Like they can't, they could jump in and swim to it. What hot ex hot exciting action to watch a child use a boat to haul joe don baker's country fried ass through the water i mean joe don's on there it's gonna go slower i i don't under <laughs> you know like i don't know how the kid arm how his arms didn't fall off waving the rudder around getting the thing to move so this begins a series of radioing around and, like to a bunch of guys and tracking of Dan, who escapes to a bigger boat, and Felicity, she's now captured by some mobsters, and is in Hong Kong. Sue Lin later gets in on this chase, and so do all the townspeople after it's reported that Dan has killed a child. Yeah, we, we just see the, the mafia guys chasing, <laughs> chasing Dan around these back alleys of Hong Kong, and then other people just start chasing after him as well. It's like, wait, what the hell's happening? Why is the mob forming to attack him? And it's not like until well into the chase where Su Lin says, oh, they're saying that he killed a child. Like, okay, well, up until now, it just looked like a mob was spontaneously forming. It looks it looks like a hate crime was going to happen because all these people from Hong Kong are chasing Jodan Baker. And Felicity, she gets out of the car, whatever gets cut. We find out because she's, walking slowly and Sue Lin finds her. She's like, I've been cut, which just looks like armpit sweat. Yeah. We talked earlier that you missed the stab. Yeah. I missed uh, it. 
But it, it looks like he, uh, the the head mafia guy, really cuts like deep into her back real quick. But then later, like you said, just like like oh, it's the armpit stain. It's kind of what it looks like. During the chase, Dan runs by like a table of like vases or some shit, and like puts the statue on it, and keeps running. It's on a random shop. Nobody notices him doing it except for after everyone's through some like random bald man. And he's wandering around and takes note of the statue. Well, most of the people wouldn't care about that statue because they all think he killed a child. Right. That's the bulk of this mob that's chasing him. They don't give a shit. They they don't even know he was carrying anything unless they thought maybe it was the dead child in his hands. Right. They don't know what the hell's going on. And at the point when it looks like all hope is lost for Dan, they've got him cornered. He's standing on his fence. He climbs up like a two-story fence. Between running through the alleys and this climb, it's the most exercise Joe Dunbaker's oh, ever had. He's a sweaty mess, too. His hair was all, like, nasty. And... It looks like someone took a fire hose and just blasted him with sweat. All right. So a policeman comes by with a megaphone and tells him, no child's been killed. They all back down. Dan takes note of some of the mob getting away in a car. Then he finds a two-by-four just sitting on the street and smashes the windshield. And then beats up the guys in the car and chases down Tao, who he ends up throwing out a window that has him fall down some stairs, It all in slow motion. I don't know whether you uh, folks have noticed this or not, but almost every time someone dies in this movie, they are thrown through a window. The window budget for this movie must have been through the roof. And this wasn't even indoors. This is just like a random window outside. Yeah, it was was in... uh, the, wherever they were, there was no roof, but there was a wall with a window for some... I I don't know why you would build that, Brandon. I couldn't tell you. It's like, you know what would go really great here? A wall. Shouldn't we, like a room? Like, no, no, no. I just want a wall with a window to look through. Well, if you want to see the area, we wouldn't have to put a, a wall there. We don't need a window. Like, no, I want a wall here. Okay, it's Hong Kong. Do it. Dan goes back to where he left the statue, and it's gone. And then Sue Lin puts Felicity in an ambulance and she begins to leave as Dan shows up and he notices Sue Lin has the statue and she says she'll send him the money for the statue. And he gets in the ambulance with Felicity and she gets mad at Dan for only taking $30,000 for it because it's worth a million. And then she says, how are we going to live off of that? Yeah. What? You slept together once. Yeah. I mean, how much does she love mashed potatoes? But she hugged him and said she loves him. Oh, he is beautiful, right? That's, appara- uh, yeah. He he must omit some kind of pheromone that is unknown to humanity at this point. We got to pull back of the ambulance driving away and then it stops and then the guy working on Felicity who has a slice in her gets out a knife a knife was inserted in her body yeah he gets out the back and then just like walks off and the it drives away as Felicity and Dan suck face that's yeah, it that's it and then you zoom out from the ambulance and credit starts it comes full golden circle, I guess. Yeah. I under I understand that this movie was a, a big inspiration for the sequel to The Kingsman. I thought you ordered a shrimp cocktail. Oh, right. 
believe that. <laughs> now comes the point in the episode where we rate the movie we just watched. As we are cults in the cavalcade, we keep things nice and culty. Our options are as follows. Stay with your family, which means, like Jim Kelly, you stay in the U.S. You don't go to Hong Kong. Converted, which means uh, you're you definitely down with sleeping with the JDB to get the job done. Or drink of the Kool-Aid, which means you got yourself a nice room service tray full of seafood and you're going to slop it down with Joe Don Baker. So, Cullen, how do you rate Golden Needles? Well, when I watched the trailer for this movie, I thought, man, this is going to be great. It's going to be a kung fu movie that has Joe Don Baker in it for some reason or another. This, How can this miss? Well, there isn't much... Not a lot of martial arts in it. And the martial arts that are in it are not very good. There are parts of the movie where it feels like it's Mitchell goes to Hong Kong. And those parts are, are not bad. The music is actually really good in this. That's probably the best part of the movie, yeah, honestly. Yeah, it's by Lalo Schifrin. He's done a lot of great stuff, yeah. Yeah, it's the, the, the music definitely helps build up the excitement. Even, even when shitty stuff is going on the music is always really good it is hands down the best thing about it but it's not it's too well made for it to be terrible if that makes any kind of sense to you folks i kind of wanted a dumpster fire or action all the time and i got neither of that as i say almost all the time rewatchability is a major factor for me and i don't feel that with this so I'm going to say I stay with my family on, on this one. Brandon, how do you feel about Golden Needles? Well, I you sent me that trailer many months ago. and I was fucking excited. I was pumped. It, we'll, we'll post it on our social media at some point here it's soon. And it like has this grindhouse feel to it. Like it's going to be like Kung Fu maybe some sort of like cannonball runnish aspect to it. Like all these people after the statue, it, it seemed like a race to get to the statue first. That's what I, I, I got from that trailer. I'm like, Oh, this, this could be, end up being kind of fun. No, it does have a point. Like, it does have some great Joe Don Baker moments. Like if you're a fan of like, you know, Mitchell and uh final justice, it's, it's got the it's got pieces of that, but it doesn't go full on Jodan Baker like it like it could. And it takes too long to get to what's more fun about this movie when they're like in America and trying to figure out where the statue is, which I let me use the term fun loosely, but there's it's just Jodan Baker having no clue where this thing's at. No one has a clue where this thing's at. And just random guys showing up for fight scenes that aren't engaging at all. It's, it's like bored. Like my favorite scene in this movie is the room service scene where they're just like slopping down food. Yeah, I'm I'm staying with my family. It's, it's dull. It's yeah, it doesn't work. I mean I just I wanted I wanted it to be something it wasn't. That's that's my fault, but they also made a trailer that sold me on something it wasn't. We'll meet in the middle and say I'm staying with my family. It either needs to be more, it either needed to be more competently made or less competently made. It's just right in that zone it's where mediocrity, which is boring. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. 
it's not even like a comforting average. It's I mean it's it's not, no. Yeah. I mean, it, it was great watching Jodan Baker try to be physically active. That's always entertaining because it looks at any time he could collapse. And there actually was a point where he was running and he did fall down. Right. That did happen. I and mean, he is huffing sweet. through those streets. And he is a behemoth. Like, he's a big man anyway. But, man, when you put him in Hong Kong, whew, oh, yeah. Gigantic. Well, yeah. He's running through those little, little alleys. Yeah. I guess I'm just expecting more for for a movie that in the opening credits has guest starring <laughs> Jim Kelly and Burgess Meredith. How do you have a guest star in a movie? Well, I they truly were short roles. It's a pay scale thing. I've really? seen yeah, that... yeah, I've seen many movies with the term guest star thrown on there it's a it's a pay scale thing if you can't get the if you can't get the top billing second building or the the and credit mm-hmm. then they start they start going through those things like wit or and with or whatever or it's yeah it, it, some there's some sort of highlight and pay it's yeah it's a pay it's a it's a union pay scale thing that's what that is when i read guest starring it made it feel like a TV movie, and the rest of the movie felt like a TV movie as well. Right. I mean, that's yeah. It's it's really goofy when you see it on a a movie. I'm not gonna do anything that might distract me. I'm just gonna sit here watching you and looking at you until I get my money. On the next episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade, June Don Baker Month sets its sights on Speed Trap from 1977, which turns 40 years old this year, and it's our 50th episode. I'm just excited that we're celebrating a movie that is 40 years old that doesn't involve Jedis or, or Burt Reynolds. But we got Joe Don. But we got Joe Don, the unsung 40-year-old movie. Th- thank you to everyone for listening. Remember, get us in Neil Breen's new movie, Twisted. Go on your social media. Put Cult Cinema Cavalcade in new Neil Breen film. Hashtag Twisted Cavalcade. Let's, let's make this happen. Let's, let's get it done. We look forward to next time. But first, stay tuned for the trailer to Speed Trap. The trailer that actually trails. Someone is stealing the most expensive cars in town. Someone who can open any car door, start any engine with just the flick of a switch on a little black box. Someone who can drive like crazy. The police call him the Roadrunner. Who is the Roadrunner? And can Pete Novick stop him before he strikes again? Speed Trap, starring Joe Don Baker and Time Bailey. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. listening to cult cinema cavalcade you can find more of cullen's work on the creative zombie studios network and on twitter at my name is cullen you can find more of brandon's work at whysoblue.com and on twitter at bt peters podcast produced by brad shoemaker edited by brandon narration by becky theme song pink baby by happy elf found on the freemusicarchive.org network The movie in today's discussion is property of its respective studio and no infringement is intended. Please remember to leave us an iTunes rating and review. Join us again in two weeks for the next episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade.
We will be landing at the nearest island, Malta. Could I have another meal? Uh-huh, yeah. Oh, mm, um, yeah. Oh, yeah, look at that. You eating that? You eating lobster? I'm gonna, um, I'm eating squid now.